Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Episode 79. I still can't believe we actually went to Doolittle. Hello on this chilly evening and welcome to the LodgeCast. I'm your LodgeMaster with me as always is Brother Bieschke. Let's do this. Brother Lucas in the back. Welcome aboard. A returning champion, Sister Brandy. Hello, hello. And for the first time ever, (laughs) an old friend but a new guest, Brother Andrew. I can't wait. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> animal lover. Welcome, Welcome animal, animal lover lovers. Andrew. They said it couldn't be done, and they said it shouldn't <laughs> be done, but we are here tonight to witness Dr. Doolittle. I told my mother that we were recording a podcast for this film, and she said, isn't that an old movie? And I said, yeah, it's a remake. And she said, isn't the remake an old movie? And I said, yeah, they remade it once, and they're remaking it again. <laughs> So, what kind of chewed piece of gum is this? What are we getting ourselves into here? Uh, <laughs> <Silence>. <clears throat> Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> That's about it. That's kind of all Big you need to know. cash grab. I mean, let's be real, folks. Like, when Universal got their hands on this and um, put the IP with uh, Stephen Gagan and got Robert Downey Jr. Maybe they got Robert Downey Jr., but the point is they, they paid Robert Downey Jr. Like they, they paid got him. Robert Downey Jr. How to say yes. How much money do you think he got paid I'm gonna for this? I'm going to guess conservatively he got like 20 mil up front oh plus like Lord. 20% of the back end, like first dollar gross. <laughs> no no money net monkey points, like total just real nice and juicy. Plus his pr- production company was attached, so they got producing fees on top of that. Wow. I think the well, wait, who's Steven Gagan? He's the filmmaker who directed the picture. And I think wrote it too. I think he wrote and directed it. Maybe he's a he's a well regarded. I should, I should scribe. Know <laughs> You might know him from the movie <laughs> Syriana. So what? From Syria oh. from Syriana yeah, was, to Doolittle. That was a quite that's, that's a, a quite well regarded film. film. Yeah. I mean, you know, it had it had the liberal elites paying attention. Yes, is what, yes. Is what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be more of the same on that. <laughs> that's right. The liberal elite animal lovers. But so, it does seem like an odd bit of IP to remake in it, 2020. Wait, you what know? does IP? Mean? Intellectual, intellectual property. property. Okay. Like, so like the title, like they have, they have the title. They, they're like, hey, we made one in 1967. It's, is that Jerry? Is that Jerry Lewis film? Was a bad bomb. Like didn't make any money. Um, I, I don't remember who the original Doctor Doolittle is, but I can't Eddie either. Murphy I, was the remake. Doctor Doolittle. I, it, it seems to me like in the back of my ruffled peacock feather brain that it would be a Jerry <laughs> Lewis like style it. picture. Yeah, seems I like feel it. like that. But intellectual property basically is, do people recognize this this name or this product or this board game? Let's slap a movie onto it. 
That's what it is. I and see, we see. are in the shit brown golden <laughs> age of that right now. We're in the eye of the storm. We are getting everything that everybody's ever heard of. Right. That's why like Lego is now a movie franchise. That's why yeah. Playmobil is now a movie. Playmobil oh. was a movie last year. Yes. Yeah. Dude, there was a movie called Emoji, the movie. Which Bishki and I saw. <laughs> we did see. Wait, mm. did they do a movie of life, the board game? Not yet. Scott, yeah. No, but yeah. I think Ridley Scott was going to do it or it's someone Ridley Scott, super, super heavy. Ridley Scott was going to do Monopoly at one point. Yeah, and that, he, he that's very ama- well made. That's still. amazing. He gets Christian Bale to play Mr. Monopoly. Yeah, I would see that. <laughs> now, Brandy. Yes. You drove far and wide <laughs> to be here. In Why? traffic. Why? Uh, I am a long standing. Huge fan of Robert Downey Jr. Apologist, like, perhaps? No, God, no. I'm so, I'm a proud card-carrying member of the Robert Downey Jr. fan club. He's so, great. So no matter what, is, is, <laughs> is he infallible? Like, are you going to yeah. be able to? He, oh, uh, he always gets at least a seven usually on my book. Ooh. <laughs> and it's it's hard for him to go below that. What about your bone me. book? Are, are you going to make I a... mean, he gets all my bones, but... Are you make... <laughs> yeah, I mean... Are you going to make a claim, much like Lucas has done sometimes, where he calls his shot, where he's like, this won't go below oh, two bones? I mean, it would be really hard for it to go below two and a half bones for me. Oh, wow. Because it's just nice to watch him. Sure. So he always makes the characters fun. Although I, I've i been saying this for a while, that I'd like for him to just play a guy. Right. So I'm looking for that character of like, just being a guy. Just a normal guy? Yeah, well, just a dude, I was, I was you know? just going to ask everyone in the edge, do we all know what year this movie takes place? Ooh. Oh, God. No. Mm-hmm. Andrew doesn't timeless. know. I don't know. <laughs> just timeless. So I, I don't think we should get too far into the specifics of what we think we know, mm-hmm. uh, because Andrew, he just saw the poster outside, and he's like, I don't <laughs> think I saw any promotional material for no. this. Which is a beautiful way to go in. Yeah. Cold, All, ice cold. The only <laughs> the only thing that really tickled my fancy is there was a big poster that said Rami Malik is Chi Chi. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. And that's really oh. all I needed to see. <laughs> all right. Wow. Now, I've had my ear to the ground, and people <laughs> people in Hollywood are talking. Who? <laughs> you know what that means. So I was reading in The Hollywood Reporter earlier this week, uh, Forrest Kitt did this write-up about the making of the movie, which wasn't a very smooth production. <laughs> and I think it, it stemmed from just, you know, Stephen Gagan's extremely hugely talented. He's an Oscar winner. He's eccentric. No, no one's doubting his credentials. But yeah, but yeah, I guess he wasn't the right fit for the material at that scale, at that level. And and, and Robert Downey, you know, Jr. is a force of nature, and, and his production company swing, swings a lot of weight. So you have to have, like, a really strong point of view and you have to be very like overly prepared and like really know what you're doing on the day and that didn't happen did not happen (laughs) not to get too much into it because we don't have much time the gist is it was like apocalypse now Ooh. Except, except you know, with digi animals and it, <laughs> some like, mocap. Yeah, Mexico, wherever the hell they they shot. I forget where. And less but, surfing. But but it was in less than less a than bit I, less surfing. Less than ideal conditions, and and the bottom line is when I guess Gagan delivered his first cut to the studio, oh. there was like no talking animals. Like it was just oh, like a father, it was like a father son drama about like mourning a loss, and like it was super bleak. And that's when they like 
hired a, a guy to like reshoot it who started like reshooting it and that's he, when rami malik became and then, and, then, and then he had to like <laughs> leave to go shoot something else and then a, th- a third director came in to like oh. reshoot the reshoots so whatever we're seeing is like a cake that <laughs> that has like tears to it it's like a layered cake but like different cooks <laughs> Bakers did like different like stacks or whatever they're called. And we're gonna dig the fuck oh, in. Yeah. Are you finished, Lucas? Side note, one footnote to it all, because yes, I guess Stephen Gagan, he was stressed out, he's under a lot of pressure, wasn't the friendliest guy. You know, the crew wasn't super happy working with him. But what's I what's funny, the takeaway is I guess Gagan had like a dog on set that would only bark at persons of color. Oh. And 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 yeah, somebody said like uh you know, imagine making a movie so bad they cancel your dog. Oh. <laughs> well, tonight we're not even in Burbank. Can you believe that, guys? We are in the city of Glendale. And mm-hmm. we are seeing this at the Studio Movie Grill. Yes, looking at the marquee. Parking S- super thick. Studio mm-hmm. Movie Grill featuring fully motorized recliners, heated seats, yes. and chilled cup holders. And a telescoping lamp. And a telescoping <laughs> lamp, last but not In least. In case you want to take notes. Take Can notes. you believe that, guys? I can't. I, no. I, I was saying this is some bourgeoisie, Izzy soda shit that we're getting into right here. It is. We're, and we're like the Dark Knight Rises, like upper crust getting pulled out from under their, <laughs> you know, little end tables, you know, while Bane's fucking gain is like ransacking. Gotham. I'm going to use that end table that the seat comes with. Yeah. I haven't I'm eaten nothing all day. Dude, you know oh. what? When, when the revolution starts, they will take us from the theater. We'll be in the theater when they, when they come running in with their guns and their bombs. It's an 85% chance that we'll be in the theater. But, Bishki, so you're going to sample the delicacies? That I'm going to eat have? a full dinner. Okay. Oh, my God. I didn't eat either. I might I'm get excited. a quesadilla. Wow. Nope. We, we have so much to report. Margarita? Least of which is <laughs> <laughs> Doolittle, the Pizza film. And the drink. But let's, let's go in. Andrew's going to go in with an open mind and an mm-hmm. open heart. Mm-hmm. Brandy's going to go in oh. with lust on her mind. I'm really hoping it's good. And we are going to. I hope. Squeeze all the love and light that we possibly can out of it. Let's try to approach it with a smile, guys. Mm. Let's do this. Downey starts at a 10 for me. All so aboard. We'll love and light. My right hand man is Chi Chi the gorilla. Just because gorillas and humans are genetically similar doesn't take anything away from his heroic adventure. Watch him go. Okay, we're doing this. We're not doing this. We have returned from our perilous journey. <laughs> oh my, we've been doolittled. Oh my. Before 
before we groom this shaggy beast. Stick with me. From Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, is this a long one? Unfortunately. After, <laughs> no, <clears throat> after losing his wife seven years earlier, the eccentric Dr. How John Doolittle. You know seven years. Hold on, hold on. Robert Downey Jr., famed doctor <laughs> and veterinarian. Hold on. Veteran of Queen Victoria's England, hermits. Hermits himself away from behind the walls of Doolittle Mansion with only his menagerie of exotic animals for company. But when the young queen, Jesse Buckley, Wild Rose, falls gravely ill a reluctant doolittle is forced to set sail on an epic adventure to a mythical island in search of a cure regaining his wit and courage as he crosses old adversaries and discovers wondrous creatures the doctor is joined on his quest by a young self-appointed apprentice dunkirk's harry colette and a ruckus coterie of animal friends including an anxious gorilla oscar winner rami malik an enthusiastic bird brain duck oscar winner octavia spencer a bickering duo of a cynical ostrich the big six kumal Nanjiani. Sorry, Nanjiani. And an upbeat polar bear, John Cena, Bumblebee. (laughs) And a headstrong parrot, Oscar winner Emma Thompson, who serves as Doolittle's most trusted advisor and confidant. So, yeah, yeah, the parrot was the most trusted. Is that it? Yeah, that's it, yeah. (laughs) Jesus. It it ends on just a long list of credits. Yeah, a bunch of Oscar winners in there giving... Blending Plot their voices. The, re- no, no. the reluctant Doolittle sounds like a terrible sex move. <laughs> but let's, let's start at the very beginning, which is the studio movie grill. How do we feel about this theater, y'all? I hope to come back with a lover. (laughs) (laughs) It is a great date night. It is. There are some lovey-dovey couples all around. I think we were the only non-couples in there, to (laughs) be honest. Everyone in there was getting their groove on. And I felt bad. Like, we were killing their mood. Maybe they thought we were a menagerie. (laughs) (laughs) We we could have been quite a quintet. Tuple. Yes. The seats were amazing. They got yeah. they got heated Great and they got seats. hot. The I heated seats. I, yeah, I oh. panicked for a second because I forgot I turned my warmers on and I turned to Bishki and I said, I thought I shit myself for a second. <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah. yeah. In the best way. <laughs> God. And the screen was great. I thought the proje- dude, the projection was insane. Yeah, yeah. It was so, it was like QLED or whatever the fuck. Yeah, it was great. It I'm was not great. sure I would have noticed. Yeah. Well, no, we're just used to the old AMC 16, Auditorium 13. These tired eyes projector have seen some lamp shitty projections. Like and you're huh, just okay. This was bright this and was vivid. Super bright. Mm-hmm. Super bright. <laughs> it was discount <laughs> night as well. Oh, so yay. that's why I think the theater was full of lovers. Mm. Mm. Uh, lovers love a discount. Young lovers. Now, Lucas was worried. You were like, we're going to be eating during this, and I'm going to be drinking this Harley Quinn special punch. <laughs> heart, heartbreak cure. The heartbreak oh, cure. Yeah, yeah I, I considered that for a moment. And also, yeah, the, the, the seat warmer is reclining. It's like the kiss of death, right? Did you stay awake? I kept my feet on the ground. Yeah. That's <laughs> Big boy, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Confirmed. I, I I looked over a few times. You were checking on him. Yeah. Okay. That's and it was also hard. It was, it was hard to fall asleep with like a half-eaten plate of buffalo hot sauce <laughs> wings that just smelled like hot sauce. Now, how was the food, guys? You know, not bad considering you're at a movie theater. Okay. Yeah, Santa Fe chicken pasta. I recommend. Um, <laughs> that looked good. Yeah. Their fries were were thick cut and hearty. And the brownie sundae I got because the man on the screen recommended it before the show started. <laughs> oh, okay. the man told you. 
I think I struck out with the flatbread, but I'll try something else next time. Okay, so there's going to be a next time. I got this, my eye on the macaroni and cheese with salmon. This place, uh, <laughs> this place is impressed. Now, I, mean, I, I do want to come back, but I also want to come back to this question of the wings because I'm interested in wings everywhere, <laughs> brother. I didn't have any food, brother Lucas. Yes, wings. Yes. Bone rating, please. They were they were like uh, they felt like a solid seven, maybe even an eight. Uh, the the closest Ooh. the closest eight I could bones. like it reminded me of like Big Wangs on Quanga wow. that I guess closed that's, down. So is that, is that like positive. three and a half bones then? Uh, it's two and a half, two and a half, two bones, and a half bones, maybe maybe three. From Brother um, Lucas, that you know that, yeah. that on the learning curve, it gets a rate great enough, probably to three and a half. Let me put it this way: I've had wings that were worse, like that, like were at good places or were delivered or whatever. Yeah. So like, okay. the fact I like that the, that the movie theater delivered, I was like slightly impressed. Right. We, we've been stalling long Sorry. enough. Get to it. It's time to begin the assessment of Doolittle. <laughs> It's a different move. <laughs> the, assess- the Doolittle assessment. <laughs> now, we erroneously opined that Jerry Lewis was the original Doolittle. It was yeah. Rex Harrison. Then it was Eddie Murphy in the 90s. And now it's Robert Downey Motherfucker Jr. And he begins at <laughs> full tilt. Like, okay. he is <laughs> dialed in. Well, I do have a question, and particularly for Brandy. Okay, that's Robert Downey Jr. in physical form. Was that Robert Downey Jr.'s voice throughout the movie, do you think? It's a very or, affected one. Do you th- Or do you think they maybe got, like, an alternative? No. Are you daft, man? Nope. nope. That is pure no, R.D. Jr. Sure. But his register was way no, higher. No, I think nope, what Bishke is sure getting at is that it was, he was his, it was so his, off. It was his voice, but it felt dubbed. Like, they post-dubbed well, everything. Yes. Everything like was ADR. The whole they, movie's they, they ADR did. like yes. crazy. They wanted to touch it up. It deeply felt overdubbed. Him. Okay. It's I hated him. the way it sounded. It, wasn't, it was mixed off. I would have walked out if it wasn't his voice. It didn't feel like Downey Jr. to me just because the voice was so off. I'm with Bishke. I mean, I know it was, but it just didn't feel well, here's that way. The other, here's the other very important thing to note, and the critics have been talking about this. Uh, by the way, the only reason we are here tonight, we wanted to, <laughs> we wanted to withhold this from the intro yeah. so as not to spoil the broth. He's here. Robert Downey Jr. is here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hello, children. Hello, large casters. Welcome. Here he is. Oh, my God. He's in the trunk. The, this movie, we said that if it dipped below 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> oh, wow. we would go. Uh-oh. This movie did more than that. It oh, went no. down to 16%. Oh, is that pretty yeah. low? Is that, is that yeah. critics or is that it's audience? Like, that's probably out of like over 100 reviews, people are painting it like thumbs down. It's yeah, low. Like, the that's knives true. are out. Yes. It's low. It was There's hovering no up, up towards 20, and I was getting excited because we might have to miss it, but we did. We then it dropped again. We were rooting right. to miss this. But is, is this the worst rated movie you've gone to see? No. 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 That's a no. no, no actually, yeah. That's a no. <laughs> but to stay on topic here, a lot of critics are taking issue with his accents, yeah. and I actually didn't. I thought that it was a bold move, and it was a show-offy move, but he can always back it up. He dabbles in like 19 different accents in this. I think mm. because he can speak to so many different animals, he was like, let me just do a hodgepodge of Cockney, a little bit of German, sometimes a little mm. dipping into notes of Jamaican. Like, it's, you can never pin it down. Oh, I, I didn't get that at all. I thought every time that he was speaking English, it was basically just a... 
a whispery hint of some imaginary era <laughs> well, there's, of there's England. That too. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and I also thought that all of the other male um, human actors in the film also had that same whispery pitch to their accent, and I I couldn't figure out what that was supposed to mean. If that was an era, or if that was just the style of the movie, is that everything was like whispered, but husky and loud yes. and not sexy. That's called we're going on an adventure tone. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's what that is. But I also love how the Save Money, the cold open, was like a five-minute long animated sequence. It absolutely And I leaned was. over to Bishki and I was like, what a fucking jip. <laughs> <laughs> well, this movie felt re-edited. Like, it felt like it had been condensed and... Every shot of an animal talking is like an insert or like a single. Like, it's definitely not something they shot, you know, on the day or or what have you. Everything feels refolded and repackaged to uh, appease either a test screening or uh, an executive screening. Like, in the first cut, it was like father-son, and then, like, as they reshot it, they made the son the apprentice, and they gave the movie more of, like, a mission or a journey which we'll get to. Uh, until Brother Lucas had mentioned that, you know, there were multiple directors involved, right. et cetera, I, I'm not sure I would have been as aware of it, but it strikes you very early. I mean, it struck me during the surgery scene, after he finishes the surgery. He does every, surgery on a is, squirrel. Is certainly <laughs> it, it is at a certain a pace. And then suddenly he's slumping back and he's just, he's basically like, Hung over from performing a successful surgery. Yes, yes. And it's a radically different tone. There's a lot of tones going on here. The tone is shifting radically from shot to shot. But initially, when we first encountered Doolittle and he is playing chess with Rami Malik as Chi Chi and he is just speaking pure animal language, I was in oh. heaven, briefly. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, I, man, if I the entire worried. movie could oh, be in that animal worried. language, That's the I cut. Mean. Release the Gagan cut. If that's what he really <laughs> did, if he didn't have any celebrity stunt voices, oh. and it was purely Robert Downey Jr. That would have been four bones, man. No. I mean, that would have been Cat's level amazing. Four oh, bones. Yeah. All, all Brand, committed. No. Imaginary just spitting, language. Just spitting and grunting. Pretending to be peacocks. Border pretending style. to be mice. You can say to you would like that, Pretending to be ducks. Dude, that would be an acting class toward a force. 15 minutes in, you'd want to leave. No. It's, it, no. that's, for no me, way. that's just the pure pleasure of linguistic sound and you imagination be, of animals and language. You would be grunting along with him by the end. Let yes. me just you say, would be. I'm with Brother Lucas. We'd be grunting along let together. Me, <laughs> let no. me just say, may we someday find out <laughs> if there's a full <laughs> cut. <laughs> full hope cut was made of the film. Disc. Criterion oh. laser <laughs> So the, the, plot, the plot, as it were, is... Oh. Uh, Somebody geez. poisoned the young queen in England. There's only one tree in Garden of Eden that to, can get her back alive. Yeah, so like, he's got to go on, on a very harrowing together. journey with all it's his kind of got friends. a Pirates of the Caribbean vibe, Little Raiders of the Lost Ark vibe. And they have a stopover at King something or others uh, <laughs> island of uh, <laughs> a face off face off kiss <laughs> treachery where An- Antonio Banderas rules with his bunch of. <laughs> lions and tigers and that just felt it felt like a video game there it's like 
first we have to get a journal that shows how we chart the map to get to the tree that has the fruit. Vibe too. Yeah. For me, it had a uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom vibe. Sure. Mummy. Well, it it was like it wanted that vibe. Were you guys seeing that as like just plot mechanics, or were you along for the ride at this point? There's a lot of seafaring I, I, daring I, do as I, well. I saw it for there. the former. I saw it as a plot mechanics because maybe it was the chicken wings and the fries <laughs> and the brownie sundae <laughs> and the Harley Quinn heartbreak cure. Uh, it had like three kinds of like rum, vodka, sure. gin, uh, coconut stuff. Um, so you were seeing clearly. But I would take, yeah. I would take, yeah, I would take my eyes off the screen momentarily just to like put the food in my mouth, and when I would look up. <laughs> Like, we would be so far along in the story. I'd yeah. be like, fuck, what did I miss? Who the fuck is this? Like, yeah. Antonio, where did Antonio Banderas come from? He looks mad. Like, why is he mad? Like, yeah. And then, boom, the next cut, they would be, like, way further downstream. And I would be like, wow, this movie is just skipping over, like, massive. Uh, I like that. Banderas uh, was moving. Banderas was looking mad, but he was also looking mad sexy. Brandy? Yeah, I agree. Yes. I'll give you the points for that. Zaddy. Looking he was good. the guy with the black stuff on his face. Yeah. 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 I liked it. They got to do something, I guess, and I don't want him to be at sea the whole time. No. Yeah. It had to be broken up. It had to be broken up. But they up. did it quick. They little were on Jurassic the island. Park they vibe didn't... when they get to the island. Yeah. It was what, a little ride What do you guys think of all the celebrity stunt voices? We have mm-hmm. Rami Malek as Chi-Chi. We have Academy Award winner Emma Thompson, Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer. We have Ray Fiennes as a tiger. I was like, the one that I thought was the most successful was Kumail Nanjiani as the really? ostrich. I really? I like Craig one. T. Robinson as the squirrel. He gave me some big laughs. I, I like, thought I, he I, think, I like Octavia His Spencer. Lucas, hold on, hold, on. hold on. Lucas, you have delightfully <laughs> conflated... Craig Robinson and Craig T. Nelson into Craig T. Robinson. <laughs> and I just want to tell you I love you for that. Coach. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I mean, Kumail, that's that's the role that Kumail always plays, though. I mean, I guess he I does know, it but well. it, but for me, it like at least the voice sound is accurate to the, the character. Ostrich, the yeah. other ones weren't, didn't feel like they were connected enough to the animal. I think the worst... Offender was Rami Malek as Cheech. Yeah, I didn't even understand. Yeah. I didn't. It, didn't it work. So I couldn't tell. Disconnected. It, it had couldn't no tell it was connection. Him. Not at all. I thought John Cena should have been the gorilla and and Rami. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. yeah, putting a tough yeah. guy in that role. I think they good. were trying to switch it up or something. Yeah. Well, because John, because the gorilla is supposed to be scared. Yeah. Jason Manzuka says the little dragonfly was. He said like that a lot. He sounded like he was, he was like was in there for an hour, <laughs> yep. and he was like, "I'm gonna do." A couple lines of blow, yep. and I'm just gonna knock this out. Yep. And fuck everyone, and I'm done with this it gig. Worked. That's probably what happened. I mean, the voices aside, I wasn't really blown away by that. But but they were very distracting. There were too many. <laughs> they were too high octane. Yes. They were too recognizable, and they were coming in and out too frequently. It was all over the place. Yeah, but they were trying to put in a lot of jokes for the kids, mm-hmm. like a lot of little asides. But they're right. also like dick jokes for the parents. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. One of my favorite jokes is that cuts away from our, our lead action, like our leaders to the antagonist on his ship and there's like a little fly. Michael Sheen. And, and somebody like has a fly swatter and they try <laughs> smacking the fly and they miss and the fly's like, I survived. I must be special. I must be the chosen one. I'm going to grow up and change the world. And, like, before he can finish his sentence, he gets eaten by a, a seagull that's just, like, flying by. Yeah. It's completely <laughs> random. has nothing to do with 
anything, right? Yeah. But it made me laugh. It made yeah. me chuckle. Yeah. I, I, a Fun. few, a few that's times. That's real animal humor. <laughs> a few times, <laughs> real Lu- life. That's reality. Yeah. Lucas's hearty chuckle would ring out in the darkened <laughs> theater, and I'm like, the boy's awake and the boy's laughing. This is good. This is a good Something. sign. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it definitely got me in places. And Robert Downey Jr. stays committed. Like, I don't know if he had people in green suits, like jumping around him or if he was reacting to nothing i think he was reacting to nothing from what i understand (laughs) that's that's what a a disaster was there was a lot of nothingness in his eyes quite frankly (laughs) yeah it felt like a tim burton where everything around him was green screen and just cg running around him like but you guys you guys don't want to give any credit to his commitment you guys don't think he was committed or let's let, let brandy answer that (laughs) <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm skewed, but I was with it, and I went along for the ride, and I thought it was fun. I thought he, he was having a, fun. He and seemed a little sleepy. A little bit, and, but he was a jaded character. But he's character. also a little older. You know? Yeah, like, he's supposed to be this jaded, like, and, hermit guy. And his voice was dubbed. Like, it felt like, to me... He recorded it in his normal dialect, and then when they were like, ah, it's not funny ah. enough, it's not weird, it's not special enough, he's like, I know, I'll give it to one of my patented experts <laughs> that I use in all my movies. That's yeah. like in the movie The Counselor, I think it was called. Cameron Diaz initially did it with a Jamaican accent. Oh. What? what? I'm interested to, in this film. They had to loop everything oh. she said. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> that's that I want to see. Release the, the, this the, can't the be that. Cut. But wait, is, is Robert Downey Jr. known for accents? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Tropic Thunder. Yeah. He kind of had Sherlock one. Holmes. Sherlock Holmes and uh, Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Like he, he oh, can I definitely gotta... do them. The question I is, did he, did he do the right one? I really think I, know, I really man. think this was, was designed as an accent gumbo that he was just mixing around. And it works for some people, obviously. It worked for me, but 16%, the numbers don't lie. People were allergic to this I mean, a couple of times I couldn't understand what he said. Sure. sure. And I was just kind of like, wait, what? And then they moved on and... Just, it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay. So they finally get to, what is it, Eden's Island? Or the Eden Tree mm-hmm. at some some yeah. island or other. I uh, actually I would like to say one of my favorite parts of the film, and there were very few parts of this, <laughs> were the over the overhead flyover imaginary <laughs> landscape shots. Yes, there might have only been two or three. I quite liked a lot of those imaginary landscapes. You did. It's okay. You can. So yeah, the island, well. like the island at the end, you mean? <laughs> Well, when they're approaching the island and there's yes. a bunch of, uh, I, well, I don't want to say islands in the stream, but islands right. in the ocean. <laughs> right. So the they finally get to this island. Michael Sheen's there with all his uh, soldiers, and they're all searching for this tree. And <laughs> they come up, they come across an unexpected Here we go. dragon. And I have to summon the salad dragon. (laughs) Okay. The salad dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. Now... It's almost so on the nose. It's so on the nose. That, that, that it's, it's almost inappropriate. Yes. Uh, I can't believe this happened. I, like, who voiced the dragon again? I th- That's a good question. Mm, who was that? I, I didn't notice that one. Let's look it up real quick. Can I ask a question while he looks that up? If there's a salad dragon yes. for every movie. There isn't. 
Th- there is not. Not necessarily. Okay, I haven't listened to every episode of the podcast. <laughs> Just most. Sometimes we actually do go dragonless. Okay, as long as you, as long as there's a possibility to go dragonless, there always is. Okay, and those uh, those are then, the du- then I don't need to ask the question because I was concerned that every movie had a justification. Nope, nope. There, are, those are the darkest nights of the soul where Understood. we go to something like Doolittle and there isn't even a salad dragon or even yeah. a oh. scent of one. All okay. right, here's the dragon, Francis de la Tour. And Anyone know her? Francis de la Tour. Okay. No. She's the dragon. It's probably for the best that... uh, Should have been Cotillard. It's... (laughs) Oh, man. It's probably for the best that uh, (laughs) an Oscar-winning actor did not play this part because (laughs) the dragon has a problem. And that problem involves its impacted asshole. Yeah. I I heard the word colon. Colon. I was like, oh, shit. Colon. And the way he says it, he says in his whispered tone, he's like, the dragon has an impacted colon. How did he know? <laughs> impacted colon. I don't uh, know that's how not he I do, knew. I didn't understand. Like, well, he put his hand in there. He was like, intuitive. He's intuitive when it comes to beasts. So he's talking to this dragon. He realizes it has an impacted asshole, and he needs all of his animal buddies to loosen it and unobstruct it, and they all get into position. <laughs> And what is, he has like a leak? Or yeah, so something? the leak, the I mean, yeah. it's a literal salad the, dragon. A, yeah, the plant. He uses the leak yes. to pry open like the, the constipated the dragon asshole. Leak. He he jams oh, it into the dragon's ass, <laughs> and somehow digs out like suits of armor, it, bones. It, it, it's it's oh, it's a God. several minute long sequence of items. It seems like it goes on forever, and. The waitress, the poor waitress was bringing us our checks at this point. And yeah. Like, what is she thinking? So the dragon farts for like a minute straight and yeah. blow, like, it's it's like the old and time film. And fucking Doolittle doesn't get out of the way. Nope. He's like standing Doolittle there. Doolittle takes nope. it. His He's a pro. Of the way, He's a pro. His cheeks, his lips blubber. His cheeks are flapping what, around. Why would you not get out of the way? Like, like seriously, was, why would you not turn your back? Why would you not? Why would you stand there but the thing for is, as long as he stood there for? He communicates with animals, and the scent of that wind. It would have been funnier. Some communication. It would have been funnier if he tried to run away, but he was just like, "No, wherever I go, there it is. Like I can't, mm. I can't escape mm-hmm. it." Like, he takes one of the an- stands there like a creep. One of the animals like. <laughs> One of the animals says, I can taste the squirrel. it. Yes. It's like, oh, my God. But yeah. I think there's a glint in Doolittle's eye. I mean, yes, it's awful, he but likes he's, it. he likes it. I have a plate Matt's of, like, me. half-eaten like, fudge brownie. <laughs> the man is full of weird fetishes. Like, his chemistry with Emma Thompson, that yes. parrot, is palpable. more palpable yeah. than most on-screen yep. love affairs. It's an abusive yeah. relationship. When they're on the he boat. Abuses but I no, dig- don't say that, but brother. But I Marcus. digress. He takes the fart full to the face, and then he's like, give me one last push, lass. And she pushes out a giant bagpipe, and that's it. And then Fully intact. See, it would have been funny if the fart dry. played the bagpipes yeah, and he why stood there the and saluted yes. or something. Mm. And it like, turned into there they could have done a lot. Maybe they switched directors in the middle of the scene yeah. and there was a <laughs> miscommunication. <laughs> the punchline never got delivered. The yeah, punchline. Like, yeah. Once the dragon's asshole is clear, <laughs> the the kind of red glow that that <laughs> emanates flame. from her scales <laughs> turns, <laughs> goes down. turns blue and she just she Go, looks at she, him. And she's just quite satisfied. And now. she just goes, oh. 
it's, yeah. so, it's so sexual and like post-coital. <laughs> it's post something. And she turns blue. Like, oh, like goes nice to bed. And then she shows him the tree, and they finally get the fruit, and mm-hmm. they bring it to the queen, and they squeeze it on her lips. I, I, I would like to say that Sleeping Beauty action. <laughs> As she's dying, the the super close up, and she wakes up with makeup on. That's true. The the super close up on the queen's yeah. slightly parting lips uh-huh. after the fruit of the Eden tree has been dropped. On to her <laughs> lip in individual drops yes. was so erotic. It's it was a, a yeah. giant close up on slowly parting lips. It's aggressively erotic. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of your key scenes. It was. Mm. And so, then when the queen wakes up, she's not very nice. No. no. She was a little she bit. Was, she's also not attractive she, besides the close up. She was a little tough. Uh, yeah. So, something was up with that. She like, didn't look queenly. Well, mm-hmm. and we never really knew her as a character. We we were introduced to her like almost dead. In so the She's the wrong age. Now. She has the wrong nightgown on. <laughs> she has the wrong coverlet over her bed, quite frankly. Yeah, something was up there. And... Doolittle slips into Sherlock Holmes mode and deduces that one of her lords has been poisoning her. And so... Jim Broadbent. You can tell that they're trying to bring in... Like, there's there's a scene with him in a diving suit that looks... You know, you get a little bit of his Iron Man close-up on the face in a helmet... You get a little bit of his deducing crimes a la Sherlock Holmes. Like, they're just trying to make sure you get as much Robert Downey Jr. greatest hits He's for your money as possible. out in the possible. beginning like less than oh, zero. I, I never would have even <laughs> noticed any of that. Well, see. <laughs> I, I, frankly, I mix up Robert Downey Jr. with Rob Lowe. So. <gasps> Brandy? I'm offended. That's offensive. <laughs> yeah, it's offensive. <laughs> We're officially offended. Okay. Different, different 80s heroes. So then... We go back to the Doolittle estate, and he's fully accepted this apprentice boy, and they're working together, speaking the language of the animals, and the gate closes, and it says, you know, something like, Doolittle and apprentice inquire within for outlandish adventures. Like, they want another one. They want this to be (laughs) a continuing saga. Oh, I didn't even think that cynically about it, but yeah. yeah. And the the fact that his lost love quote-unquote died in a shipwreck uh, and she's Antonio Banderas's daughter and he says all that they found at the sh- at the wreck was her journal like she's still alive yeah but and they wanted to come back in part sure. two yep. but this thing tanked so hard that they will always remain apart like <laughs> yeah. she's never coming she's back from the going. briny depths well I did think while I was watching the movie that it was probably very expensive to make, and it was so bad. It had to, it had to lose. I thought that the movie was so bad, it had to lose a lot of money. $175 million oh. it cost to make. Oh, my oh. Lord. Yeah. It has made $120 million so what? far. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wow. Do, do foreign Guys. audiences eat this up? Maybe. It's yeah. a kid's no, they movie. had to pull the release in China from the coronavirus, which was funny Aww. because I was coughing Aww. in the theater just because like Aww. I ate too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected. A dragonfly flaps its wings in China and Lucas coughs in Glendale. <laughs> <sighs> Let's go to them doolittle bones. I feel like there's going to be some split bones up in here. Get weird. Very interested. (laughs) 
Um, let's start out with Brother Lucas. I'm very so curious. I'd just like to say this is the first Lodge cast where we've been sitting in the edge, like parked across the street directly <laughs> I, from the theater like we're about to rob it like we're gonna go in there with sawed <laughs> offs. it like, does feel like we're casing the joint like the cold open of strange days um but you know it's interesting <clears throat> you always got to think of flavor Flav when he said don't believe the hype because <laughs> everything i heard about this movie and read about leading up to it was so unabashedly negative and harsh and it's like out, like out to get them like just out to get them get mm. all of them right mm. so i'm going in thinking it's going to be the most atrocious train wreck ever trotted through the trestles on a Tuesday. Um, <laughs> you got to have but, another Harley Quinn. But, but <laughs> surprisingly, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, because you're right. I was laughing. Like, there were jokes that... You, you were know, doing some big laughs. Probably be written, like, on the 10th, you know, task, like, in the edit bay with, the, yeah, the second director, and it, like, probably had nothing to do with the script. There were probably jokes that were inserted, like, a week ago. Yeah, and like Michael Sheen was hamming it up, and kind of like he knew he was in like a kids movie. He knew exactly what. Yeah, movie he was, was like in. Boris from Rocky and Bullwinkle. It was kind of mm -hmm. funny. I was like, man, you know, this is kind of picking my spirits up a little bit. Hmm. And you know, Downey doing the voice, like I, I wish he'd done the accent, like you know, production sound mix, you know, as opposed to the ADR. <laughs> but I appreciated the the accent because it gets away from Tony Stark. And the yeah. dude has been Tony Stark for 10 years, so and I don't really long. watch Sherlock Holmes. so He could easily be Tony Stark as Doolittle. <sighs> I know. It's just like, that's who he is. I get it. He's like that kind of alpha. And when I was watching it, too, I kind of made me miss uh, the late, great Robin Williams. I was like, mm -hmm. man, Robin Williams oh, would have been an amazing Dr. Mm -hmm. Doolittle. May mm -hmm. he rest in peace. But I couldn't help mm -hmm. but think uh, that 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 the Robin movie, Williams could have played all the parts. Yeah, oh, like the movie, I feel would have worked better as a contemporary telling. You know, like if you had like if it was like Doolittle meets Honey Boy, where where Robert Downey Jr. is like is having this a live rewrite. Yeah, group there group therapy <laughs> session. Is this a live rewrite? Yes, yeah, a live rewrite. <laughs> <laughs> do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Where, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is like the Shia LaBeouf, like, honey boy dad character, you know, where he's having therapy with all the animals and, like, the trauma <laughs> they've experienced in, like, this earth of 2020 that we're just totally Ooh. destroying, you know? Yes, yeah, some commentary yeah, on the on the earth and the planet. Develop a show. Yeah, make it urgent now, you know? Like, have it take place in Australia as it's burning. Robert know? Downey Jr. can do an amazing Australian natural-born yeah, character. That he can hang on to, yeah. Yes. So I give it two bones. It's two bones. Two like, bones. Yeah, this this definitely I was on board. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Much higher than I imagined <laughs> as when the night began. Mm. Brother Andrew, counterpoint. You know, I'm not gonna go too far from that. Uh there this is your inaugural bone count. This, this is my in, my inaugural bone count. I'm gonna judge this uh <laughs> what are you film do? based on uh my personal entertainment value Absolutely. which was based on two things there are only only 10 percent of the movie was really interesting the <laughs> fake language communication between human and animal uh which i strongly enjoyed and the fact that the entire plot crux of the film is based on relieving a constipated <laughs> dragon <laughs> that 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 actually pushed it a little higher hell yeah um i'm gonna give it one and a half bones okay um it, it could have probably been a half bone movie <laughs> i will say that there's one thing speaking of social commentary that troubled me and that is that 
the beginning of the movie and the way that two of the ultimate uh, primary characters are established is that a young white boy shoots a basically a black voiced squirrel. <laughs> That's true. And that that black voiced <laughs> squirrel is running a monologue throughout the entire film about how no one is paying attention to yes. the fact that he's having to share a boat with the person that shot him. Yes, that is very true. He's like, why is everybody being buddy-buddy with yeah. this man who tried to kill me? Yeah. Very interesting and very astute observation. One that I think will be lost on most toddlers when they're <laughs> in the film. Possible. But it's interesting to think about. One and a half inaugural bone count from Brother Andrew. Uh, Brother Bishke, what's going on? What's going on over there? <laughs> Brother Bishke is Chi-Chi. Uh, this was a give and take because I was laughing, especially in the early going a lot, mm -hmm. and everything was so ADR'd and kind of disconnected, like audio wise <laughs> and edit wise. And then it, the CG, like there was a lot of digital zooming, digital handheld, felt like kind of like Dumbo, like Tim Burton's Dumbo. Whoa. And then, then we had the Danny Elfman machine in you the background. It was Danny Elfman on autopilot. Yeah. Danny Elfman completely on autopilot. I actually was confused about if there was even a soundtrack to the film when I was going to the bathroom afterwards because I remembered so little it's of the music. I remember nothing of the music either, like none, none of the music cues. Yeah, but after a while, it started to hurt. It started to hurt a little bit, <laughs> but then there would be laughs here and there. And the dragon was backloaded, and the dragon like <laughs> almost just rescued it from the depths of <laughs> of a really low bone count. But I'll give I'll I'll, I'll stick with Andrew. Give it one and a half one bones. And a half. One and a half. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Sister Brandine, <laughs> what are you doing? I feel like I'm going to ruin the curve here a little bit. You're not going to ruin anything. I'm going to bring it up a bit. Um, I give this a three. Three <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> One of those bones is just because Robert still looks good, still sounds good. Seems very, like, I thought he was a good doolittle. Yeah, you so. are going to have to justify these three yep. bones. And then <laughs> the other two bones is just because... When I'm watching a movie like this, I really do suspend my adulthood. Yes. And I really try to think like a kid. And for that, I think that this movie was well-paced. It was fun. It was an adventure. Little Lost Boys, little, mm -hmm. you know, like I like the time period, the costumes. A lot of Lost Boys, like I, specifically Hook yeah. style. Yeah. Yep. And I just. That's probably why I thought, I thought of Robin fun. Williams. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was just a fun romp. I, and I liked when the tiger was getting distracted by the, the light. Oh my God. Like, oh, yeah. No. Oh, that was great. That was now great. Like, yeah. Oh, I almost got it. Oh, there it is again. They personified their, their animals a lot, like where the ostrich was putting his head in everything, mm -hmm. trying to hide. So three bones for me. I really liked it. I mean, three I don't. Bones. Would I watch it again anytime soon? Probably not. But what if it, I had fun? Well, I've got a question for Brandy. How does this stack up to like movies that you saw when you were a youngster that you thought were great adventure films? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's kind of along the same lines as a lot of them that I liked because I, I love animals. I love travel. I love. The cool locations now, they want to. But do you think you, at, at, at uh, let's say, the 11-year-old Brandy, mm -hmm. <laughs> would you have been attracted to this film? Yes, okay. for sure. They did the animals pretty well. 
and no animals died. That's true. Oh, my God. Except for that fly. Yeah, well, that yeah. Fly. Watching the preview, though, I was really worried. That's part of the reason why I was, like, kind of not wanting to see this movie. In the preview, it looks like GT dark. was going to die. The preview, the preview dark. looks super heavy. I'm, oh, I remember man. thinking, wow, this movie's got a lot of great trailer moments. But then Ugh. I was like, man, the trailer was so heavy. It looked real dark. And it was not. So, so Brandy, what would your bone count be if it was like John Lithgow? That's is what Dr. I thought. Doolittle. Actually, I was thinking about, I don't think I would like this movie without him because he's, you know, he how, brings his special sauce. How much of that three bones does that? One bone. That's a full bone. Yeah, it's a full bone. Okay. So, and then it would depend on who they did get to replace it. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, Brandy's at three. Yeah. This is good. We got a good bone <laughs> spread going here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be too exciting. Uh, I would say two bones for me, two and a half if I were a youngster, because I was also trying to look at it through the eyes of a relative innocent. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, there's a lot going on. There's colors. There's fussy activities about, you know, that especially in the early going. Like the, it, it's great to see him in his element in his world with all his Rube Goldberg bullshit stuff that he's feeding his animals with and uh, you know I I also was going in dreading this and even more so dreading it for Lucas I'm like I don't know if Lucas is going to survive this <laughs> so I I was worried but then you know I heard his laughter in the darkness that made me a little more at ease to settle in myself and I had a great time. And yes, that backloaded dragon is crucial, <laughs> crucial to the success of this film. I didn't know where it was going. And then I realized where we were, and I was very pleased. You were so in a dragon's asshole. We were inside of a dragon's asshole with a full set of bagpipes. <laughs> a, a full set of plot points with <laughs> inside the dragon's in asshole. I am giving it officially two bones. So we've gone all the way from one and a half bones to three bones, and we're all still friends. That's yeah. a great spread in the edge tonight. Brother Andrew, Sister Brandy, thank you for making the trek out here to Glendale. And I hope we do return to the Studio Movie Grill w- one mm-hmm. fateful night mm-hmm. and uh, tackle another picture with questionable integrity. Uh, Andrew, how was your first experience? What would, what uh, would you say? Uh, love it. Love it. Love, love, love being forced to think about it. And I'm not sure I could have thought about it. Well, see, that's what this is. Like, if we were not doing this, if we were to just say, hey, hey, random group, yeah. let's get together and go to Doolittle. And we just kind of walked out into the Glendale night sky and said, well, yeah. see you later. That yeah. happened. Like, w- where would this end up? Where would this end up in your mind? It would just be gone. Gone. It would probably be impacted into my colon. It would be gone like <laughs> the a dra- colon of my feelings, like a dragon fart in the wind. Yeah. So we've made, we've <laughs> or made, like in Robert Downey Jr.'s face, we have made an infinite document that said we did this tonight, <laughs> and we endured it. Love and light and sweet dragon dreams. Superstars and cannonballs are running through your head. Television freak show cops and robbers everywhere. Animals and children tell the truth, they never lie. Which one is more human? There's a thought, now you decide. Compassion in the jungle, compassion in your hands. Yeah, yeah. Would you like to make a run for it? Would you like to take my hand? 
I hope to come back with a lover. <laughs>